Welcome to the Gold Standard here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Adam Vingan at Adam Vingan. Mailbag edition. I think this is our first ever mailbag edition. I know you've done a lot of mailbags on The Athletic, and I know there's a big survey going on right now with The Athletic. We're going to touch on that here momentarily, but a lot of you guys responded. I just want to say for a second here, Adam, before we get into the ad and our content and the Preds and the offseason and Forsberg and the mailbag and the survey and the all this stuff, I just want to say we've been doing this since September of 2020, you and I, and you have since become a father. <laughs> And this whole podcast and this whole network feels a bit like a third child for me. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you to every one of you who has listened to this show, the thousands and thousands of you who listen to this show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for reading Adam and paying for good journalism at The Athletic. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, because I know all of you have, of course, done that. I just want to say now that the season's over, we've had our sort of recap pod and we're on to moving into the offseason. I just... From the bottom of my heart, I could not have believed this type of response for this show with this team in this market, and I am so grateful, and I just want to say thank you. So thank you, Adam. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you guys for being so supportive and so awesome. I just I love all of you, man. I really do. Um, I You guys come up to us and talk to us at games and on at the bars and at Jaspers, and I even talked to Kathleen at the Nashville SC game, who's a diehard Preds fan. I just I love all of you guys, and thank you. I just want to say thank you, Adam. You're welcome. <laughs> it's all because of you buddy it's all because of you um it's all your fault actually is what i should say um so today on the that's show another podcast that's copyright infringement we do love those guys by the way love those guys Lo- love uh megan michael they're good people um and i think steve cavendish named that show actually <laughs> so uh go check out lamestream sports um all right on the show today mailbag you guys were great you had a tremendous response you got a lot of questions about the future of this franchise so we'll do that next week we are going to have in-depth analysis and reporting on your survey which is up right now on theathletic.com we'll get to we'll get more into that in just a second but before we do however the gold standard is brought to you by Jaspers Jaspers now listen here's here's the deal there's an s on the end of Jaspers so it is appropriate to say Jaspers in fact, I think there's an apostrophe, Adam. You're you're the writer here. What the um, hell are you talking about? Everybody knows there's an S at the end of Jasper's. Right. What is the uh, other restaurant right next to Jasper's that is also owned by Four Top Hospitality? That they're attached. Amerigo. The buildings are attached. A very Amerigo. famous, a very famous Italian restaurant in Nashville, Amerigo. Is there an S at the end of that one? No. I'm so grateful and glad that you said it correctly. How many different Kroger's do you go to before you add an S, Adam? What do you mean? You have to go to two. You have to go to multiple Kroger's to add an Uh, S to Kroger's because there is no S. And I'm telling you right now, the wonderful and amazing people at Jasper's and Four Top Hospitality, they don't appreciate it when you say Amerigo's. You follow me now? I guess. I'm not really sure where this is going. Jasper's has an S. Amerigo does not. People okay. add S's to Kroger all the time, even though it's just Kroger. Like you have to go to. I will tell you which one. Of, I'll tell you which similar thing does bother me. Okay, go ahead. Nordstrom. Nordstrom does not You're have so an S. Nordstrom's. So it's not Nordstrom's. It's Nordstrom. Interesting. I don't think I ever noticed that because I don't shop there. No free shouts to either Nordstrom singular or Kroger singular or Amerigo, which we love singular. Jasper's possessive. 
apostrophe S, go to Jasper's. Here's another thing. If you go to here, I am, I am, I am bestowing dep- I'm deputizing all of our audience. Okay, Adam, go to Jasper's okay. free parking. They have a, they, there's an epidemic taking place at Jasper's right now. And I don't know is, if we should be talking about epidemic. I know, <laughs> maybe a bad choice of word. There is a problem at Jasper's right now. And okay. it is, I, I don't mean to broad brush all young bachelorette parties. But I'm deputizing all of our listeners who go to Jasper's routinely to be a part of the solution, which is this. If you see a person putting a drink on the brand new, perfectly awesome air hockey table at Jasper's, do something about it. Okay? Go up to them and have words. I have a completely unrelated issue with bachelorettes that I would like. Don't change the subject yet. No, no, I, I I agree with you. Air hockey tables Sacred. are not drink are not for drinks. You, you can't know, unless put drinks on this playing surface of an air hockey put a, table. Put down a coaster, like as Larry David would say. As Larry David would say, "Do you respect wood? <laughs> no. You have to put down. You have no. to put down the coaster." But this is my. No, this no, is hang on, my, hang on, hang on. You cannot. Right. A, you can't hang on. You cannot put a coaster on an air hockey table either. That is the playing surface. Okay, that is, put it that on the is, side. That is sacred territory, and I am deputizing every one of you amazing and awesome listeners that if you are at Jasper's and if you see someone with a drink on an air hockey table, you have the freedom to do whatever you want to them. I'm just saying. I don't know if that's okay. legal, but I'm just saying. Okay, I'm in the, go, go I'm to in the talk now. Okay, so have you noticed around town lately the number of people who have like puffy paint or whatever on their car and it says – what? Like so and so's bachelorette weekend, buy them a drink, Venmo at so and so. I I have seen the Venmo call to action on car vehicles multiple times. Yes. Generally, you know it's what like I'm a, start doing? It's you know how on Venmo, on Venmo you can pay someone, you can also request money. So from <laughs> now on, and when every time I'm gonna see that, I'm gonna request I'm going to request money from someone. It's like, oh, Catherine wants a drink for her bachelorette party. No, you're gonna pay me $20. <laughs> I've seen a couple of those where it's like college kids that says like road tripping across the country Venmo at so-and-so to help help with gas money or whatever. And I'm like, first no. of all, I'm like, first of all, that's creative, but, but we're all not influencers. Okay. Like we, we don't, we don't know. We don't all need to be advertising our brand at all times. You know, and, if and I, you, if you are driving around with a Venmo account asking for money, I am going to request money from you. <laughs> And you're going to make the mistake and you're like, oh, someone gave me $20. Nope. I asked for it and I'm not giving you your money back. Wow. Just so I'm, I'm condoning violence and you are stealing. This is a great podcast so far. Great episode. Uh, go to Jasper's where the parking is free and the food is spectacular. Okay. Your mailbag coming up going to be the vast majority of the show today. A lot of questions. You guys were awesome. Uh, as I mentioned, thank you for your participation. Uh, the survey right now is up through noon. On Friday, athletic.com for all uh, athletic subscribers. It's not expensive, but it's worth it. And it is worth paying for good journalism. A couple of bucks a month out of your pocket is not too much to ask. So when you go to The Athletic, you can fill out the year-end Predator survey. You did this last year. We had a big episode about it. We're going to have an entire breakdown of this next week. Let me give you some examples of a couple of questions here. For example, which word best describes your feelings about the current state of the Predators? Optimistic? Frustrated, skeptical, pessimistic, apathetic. There's one there. 
A bunch of these, you know, how many were there? About 12, 13 questions in here? There are 10 questions. 10 questions. Do you want to hear directly from ownership about the direction of the franchise? So there's 10 questions in there. We want you to go fill it out. You've got about 1,000 responses, which is amazing. And we're going to have complete analysis of those results and those responses next week on the pod. Got anything you can tease for the good people out there, the good Predators fans? Well, I would like to say that we already have more responses for this survey than we did last year's survey. And we record this, um, it is currently uh, 12.40 p.m.-ish on Wednesday as we record this. And as I'm staring at my Google form, I have 959 responses. Last year, I had 940 total. So we have 959 already, and we still have the rest of Wednesday, all day Thursday, and Friday morning uh, to get more responses. So I'm hoping to, I mean, we're going to clear 1,000. Maybe we can get to eleven or twelve hundred. That would be great. That would be a great sample. Um, so thank you for everybody who's already filled it out. And um, and if you really want to have fun, wait till late at night. Take a couple of shots of whiskey and read the comments. Yeah, there are a <laughs> ton of comments. You know, because I, you know, one thing that I did in previous editions of this, I think this is the fourth time I've done this. Um, but in previous editions, what I've done is I've encouraged the readers to leave comments about their responses so that I can pull from them and include them in the story. One of my favorites that I've already pulled, I did ask a question about David Poyle, as you might uh, imagine, and uh, someone likened him to a washed-up magician. Someone like that you know that he has, you know he has nothing left up his sleeve and it becomes more obvious as, uh, as he attempts to do more tricks or something like that. I don't know. But I, I kind of got a chuckle out of that. Um, Poyle is becoming like a washed up magician, magician. He he's got nothing left up his sleeve and it's becoming increasingly more obvious the longer he tries to put on a show. Yeah, that's, that was a pretty great, uh, that was a pretty great, uh, comment. <laughs> yeah. With you. So a lot they, of they, they range, I'm telling you, Adam, they range from everything from like Homer, like, I think this is the right, this is okay. I'm excited about X, Y, or Z to like, this is garbage. There was an argument about Yakov Trenin in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, I missed that. You know, I will say this though: like one of the comment, I think you know, I, I one of the, um, I, won't, I wouldn't call it a complaint. Um, so the first question on the survey: which word best describes your feelings about the current state of the Predators? Um, a couple of readers in the comments section pointed out to me that that question was not worded fairly because four of the five options were negative. Now, I believe that to be a fair criticism. Uh, in hindsight, I wish I would have included another positive-leaning adjective, like encouraged or something to that extent. But I still think that those positive choices would have been vastly outnumbered by the more negative choices, just well, based on... Isn't, isn't, isn't apathetic, by definition, not negative? <laughs> you know, to me, I look at skeptical. I think one can be skeptical without being negative. But maybe I, I just mean, I just mean you've got you've got one that's positive, you've got two that are very specifically negative, and then apathetic, which is the down the middle to me. That's like in the middle, right? Maybe. maybe. And then I, you're I, right. I, skeptical I, could be cautiously skeptical, optimistically skeptical, pessimistically skeptical. I, I I think that's a fair criticism, but I don't think you should overthink this one. I think you, I think those are the right five because I think skeptical is an important. Adjective. In fact, it might have been my vote. <laughs> well, uh, the you wanted to give you wanted to give the listeners, uh, the loyal listeners, a tease here. So I will do that right now. So last year, one of the questions I asked was, 
do you, excuse me, do the, should the predator, or blah, let me start that again. Keep going. It's okay. Would the predators benefit from having a more visible owner who spoke directly to fans? That was a question I asked last year. About 60% of respondents said no. The predators would not benefit from having a more visible owner who spoke directly to fans. This year, I asked, do you want to hear directly from ownership about the direction of the franchise? And when I say directly from ownership, I am speaking about Chairman Herb Fritsch. I am not speaking about Sean Henry speaking on behalf of ownership, as my column touched on a couple of weeks ago. Here's the tease for, uh, for the listeners out there. I will give a little bit of a spoiler alert. 80% 80% of you <laughs> have said yes, that you do want to hear directly from ownership about the direction of the franchise. So we went from 60% of you last year saying no, that pred- predators would not benefit from having a more visible owner, to 80% saying I want to hear directly from ownership. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how things change in a year. Also, I think that is... Um a credit to the fan base elevating their own understanding of the arrangement, right? Like, I, like, why is that valuable? I think you almost have to explain that to a lot of fans. Like, why is it valuable to hear from ownership? Well, that person decides on David Poyle's, you know, situation and John. Like, I, I think that people now are, are just even smarter about the how the Predators are, are arranged even. So it's not just that, like, what happened and now we've swung. It's also they have a better understanding of all this stuff. So that's a great tease. I think that's a great place to leave it. If you want to, you know, help fill out the survey, we are looking for as many answers as possible. Theathletic.com. It is, there's really no excuse for you not to have, like, I had dinner last night. That's a good somebody, thing. Yeah, that's I did. Yeah. Dinner. I had dinner with, with a friend last night and we were talking about The Athletic and the guy drank a glass of wine in the middle of a conversation about The Athletic. And I said, that glass of wine right there is like an entire year of The Athletic subscription. So just what kind of wine like, is he drinking? Well, like a fifteen dollar glass of wine because you can get athletic special deals, right? Like a dollar or dollar ninety nine a month or whatever. You can get the athletic for basically two glasses of wine for the entire year. So it's just the point is spend a couple bucks to help promote and support great journalism, folks like Adam and the coverage you get of the Nashville Predators, Joe Rexroad, uh, Mitch Light. There's a lot of great people in Nashville that work for the Athletic that are doing good work. So just just go do that. We'll have all the results for the survey. Uh, next week on the show, we'll have a full analysis of it all, and you can vote until noon on Friday, so check that out. Okay, you want to get to our mailbag? Yes. Awesome, you guys responded so much. Number one question, Taylor Green, is UC Soros exempt from expansion? Hey, Taylor, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Adam did not know that I included that question. I sent you all the questions Last night to review and prepare for this podcast, I did not include that one, but I knew I had to lead with it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really mean that. I'm sorry. No, I think Taylor, that's the exact response he wanted from you. (laughs) It was very clear that he was messing with us. (laughs) There's no no question. So um, now that I got the fun part out of the way, uh, did you enjoy that, Adam? Please tell me you enjoyed that. Um, All right. I think my answer speaks for itself. (laughs) All right. Bowtie guy, number one. And this sort of ties into our our survey here. Uh, After hearing from the season ticket holder survey being mostly about sponsorships and such, is this ownership group signaling that barely making the playoffs is the pinnacle for the Preds? Now, I think this we have to sort of do some quick explaining about this. They do submit a survey to all the season ticket holders. 
but there was, and you can read a lot. There's a lot of arguing in the comments, by the way, um, in the athletic about this, which is that, that the season ticket survey is trying to figure out how best to encourage and further develop your and enhance your game day experience as a season ticket holder. Like they know you want to watch good hockey teams. (laughs) Like, like, I don't think that's a part of this. So I don't think. I, in, in my opinion, Adam, if I'm the Predators and I'm distributing a survey to my season ticket holders, I don't believe that one of the questions needs to be like, should David Poyle be fired or should we make the playoffs? Like, I think that you're a season ticket holder. You've already committed your money to us. You, We know what you want, which is winning. And I will say this for the Predators. They are in a constant state of progress when it comes to their in-game experience. They're, they're always doing something in the offseason to make the next year better for their season ticket holders even if they do increase the prices. So in the comments section of the survey, um, somebody mentioned who's a season ticket holder that they received their end of season questionnaire. And a lot of the questions were based on marketing and whether or not, you know, for example, if the Predators um, work with a certain sponsor or a certain sponsor sponsors the Predators, are you more or less likely to, you know, use that sponsor if, you know, Hiller or, Something along those no lines. No free shouts. Um, do not call the happy face truck today. About, um, I think Jasper's is a proud partner of the Nashville Predators. How about Jasper's? Right. So they might say, if you are willing to, if you if Jasper's is a sponsor of the Predators, are you more or less likely to go to Jasper's? Like questions like that. Um, some of the other uh, other people in the comment section said that, you know, in previous season ticket survey season ticket holder surveys there were questions about the the on ice product so some people were saying that because there were barely or any or none excuse me barely or no questions about the on ice experience that maybe the predators are are understanding that their constituents their consumers are not happy right. and they're trying not to well let me ask you let, let me ask you i don't what, know this i don't know that what what would be a so like one of the things i noticed this year when you go to games <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I think you and I talked about this on the pod before, or maybe it was Gover and I, maybe when he was filling in for you, like the fact that you, when you're at the game, they now overlay on the ice, the shot chart for the period or for the game, like in your offensive zone. I think that is a spectacular touch that you add as a, as a game in game broadcast sort of presentation, right? Like I yeah, think that's cool. that's the kind of thing that they might be looking for. Obviously, if it's inundated with sponsor questions, you're going to be sort of turned off by that. If you're a season ticket holder, G- give can you give me an example what you would think would be a fair question for the Predators to ask about the on ice product with from their fans? Like what, like what, which like do do you think we should run a a one three one or a hybrid man? Like what what kind of question could you actually ask season ticket holders that is an on ice question. Like, give me an example of that. Yeah. It would have to probably be like uniform related, a a broad question. Like, you know, know, do you like gold helmets? What are your feelings about the, you know, predators making the postseason eight years in a row? I don't know. Like clearly they're not going to ask pointed questions like the ones in my survey. Um, So do I, do I look at this, season ticket holder survey and say, well, because there are no questions or allegedly no questions about the on ice product that the ownership group just doesn't care about the on ice product. No, I don't think you can make that leap. 
Um, I do think there are other things that the ownership group does to show that they don't care as much about the on ice product. Wow, wow. Um, but we've, do, I think, do I tell that. Adam. Do well, tell I think us. if you go back and read my column from two weeks ago, I think you'll know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> so the ownership uh, being available and uh, David Poyle moving aside is <laughs> what you're getting to. Yes. Um, no, I, I think uh, here's what I would think would be, would get uh, elicit a, an amazing amount of response, honestly. And, and I don't know if they would actually take it and use it for any th- decision-making, but I, I guarantee you that aesthetics matter to people mm-hmm. like uniforms, helmets, colors, you know, how the ice looks, you know, the digital broadcast. Like, I think all of that stuff it would be important to ask about because people have insane opinions about that stuff. Sometimes too many opinions, too strong opinions, but like, man, you want clicks on the internet, post an article about uniforms. <laughs> It's remember when nuts. uh remember when the uh predators unveiled their stadium series jersey and everyone said oh, it yeah. was the worst jersey in the history of hockey guess how many stadium series jerseys i saw on the concourse every game yeah, a, lot a lot a lot yeah they look good from a distance i still i still and they look good if you're wearing an entire uniform of hockey gear <laughs> yeah uh, okay uh so two questions here sort of packaged together this is from sean uh, and this is from Tyler Hunt. Uh, Tyler says, what can the Predators realistically do with Ryan Johansson? That contract is looking brutal. And Sean asks, if you give the Tomasino glass Tolvin in line better minutes, they does that drop Johansson to the third line? Do you try that and build a better third line or make a concerted effort to trade Johansson? So basically, these two questions from Sean and Tyler are wrapped around Ryan Johansson. What do we do? My first thought when I read these, Adam, was that Ryan Johansson wasn't really a problem this year, and the contract is slowly but surely less and less bad, right? Every year that goes on, he had his best year, and there's fewer years left on it. I certainly don't want to break up the third line, because I think that's the maybe the <laughs> this, that's the thing you don't have to mess with. I don't know how you answer the Tomasino glass Tolvin in question, because while we need second-line scoring... That trio has a lot of growing to do before I feel comfortable putting the three of them in that second line. What do we do with Johansson? Um, I don't think there's really anything you can do with him in terms of moving him. You're right. He did have a a, a really good season. Um, He had 26 goals, which is the most that he scored in a full season for the Predators. So his first full season with the Predators was 16-17 because he was acquired during the 15-16 season. So here are his goals per season. In a, in a Predators uniform over a full season. 14, 15, 14, 14, 7, 26. Um, you know, this was his second best season in terms of points in 1819. He had 64 points. This year he had 63 points. Um, but he, he was not a factor in the postseason. Um, and his regular season was overshadowed by Matthew Shane and Roman, Roman Yossi and, and, and Philip Forsberg. Um, he has three years left on his deal. Um, with $8 million owed to him per season, as we know. Uh, good luck finding someone to take that. Um, so I think the, I think he's going to be here for those three years. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I wouldn't automatically make Tolvin and Glass Tomasino your second line, you know? No, I, why, why would Ryan Johansson still not be penciled in as your starting second line center or top center? I mean, again, yeah. I know they want Granlund pivoting that group right now on the top line, which was so good with Forsberg and Duchesne, but... How is the like to me the the problems with the second line isn't Ryan Johansson? <laughs> no, and, I I would uh, 
I would completely agree with that. So I would completely agree with that. So what are they going to do with Ryan Johansson? I, I don't think they're going to do anything with Ryan Johansson. I, I don't think they are either. He turns 30 in July, late July. So he'll play at age 30 over the course of this next season. So the three years of the contract that you've got left are age 30, 31, and 32. I actually don't have a problem with him playing out those three years, probably walking at the end of it. But because hockey players, this is not like a football player where your body breaks down at age 29 and you're done. Some of them do, obviously. But a guy his size, like, I I think the playoff, like, first of all, when you were like, yeah, he didn't really show up in the playoffs, my brain was hurting because he was great in the regular season and then bad in the playoffs. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right for Ryan Johansson. Normally, (laughs) it's the other way around. But I don't have a, I don't think there's anything going on with Ryan Johansson. Like, and we could say the same about Duchesne. Like, for right now, if you want to be good next year, you kind of have to eat those contracts and have those players on the team. Like, that's the only way you're going to, that's, how many goals is that? <laughs> 65 goals between the two of them? Like, yes, that sounds right. Maybe more. Like it, that's, that's almost, that's 150 points or whatever. Like you can't really win without those two guys, especially if you do not have number nine back on the roster. <laughs> so we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, all right. Thomas Davis asks, should Connor Ingram be the primary backup to UC Soros or should we sign a UFA goalie this summer? Uh, also, no more than 55 games for UC Sorrow. So my question for you, Adam, is I think the answer to, to Connor Ingram is pretty easily yes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't 55. I don't I don't I don't think there's a magic number for UC Sorrow. So I think 55 is fine. Um, where do you stand on the backup goaltender or signing a UFA? And then what should the limit be for UC Soros? Okay, so here are some of the unrestricted free agent goaltenders who are available this offseason. I'm reading a list where they are sorted by cap hit. So the more notable goaltenders are at the top. Marc-Andre Fleury, Darcy Kemper, Nico Koskinen, Thomas Grice, Martin Jones, Braden Holpe, Jack Campbell, Yaroslav Halak, Casey DeSmith. Ah, it's David Riddick. Um, so when I look at those names, you know, there are some interesting ones. I, I You know, Thomas Grice has been a, a solid goaltender for a long time. You know, Braden Holpe, I believe, was injured. For most of this season, but of course, a a, a former Vezina Trophy winner and a Stanley Cup champion goaltender, um, only 32, which is kind of surprising. Um, you know, is it better to have, you know, is it would it be better to sign one of those guys for a you know relatively low price, or or go with Ingram? I, I think I would side with Ingram. You know, I think it also balances out the. Um, the organizational depth chart. So you would have Saros and Ingram in Nashville. You would have uh, Askarov and Cooley in Milwaukee. Um, you know, I guess that would leave uh, was it Tomas Fomaka, I believe. Uh, maybe he's in the America. I mean, in the East League. I was going to say the East Coast League, but it's not even referred to as the East Coast League anymore. It's just the ECHL. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think from an organizational depth chart perspective, I think having Ingram. Um, in Nashville makes a lot of sense. Um, quite frankly, I think he would have been in Nashville this season if he did not miss most of last season for, you know, well-documented reasons. Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I do I think that, that uh, I do think that Ingram makes the most sense. Uh, I tend to agree with that. Uh, second part of this question was how much could this, this is from Thomas Davis as well. How much could this team improve if the only change was taking an average amount of minor penalties instead of the most in the league. So, you know, fewer penalties, 
how many game goals per game does that equal? Does that get them from a wild card up to a three seed? Let's say, I guess this is his question, right? Without anything I, else really changing, that's hard to put a. a it's, it's hard on. to say without actually like digging into the numbers, but I think you can make a reasonable case that, you know, that over the course of the season, you know, they would have, you know, you know, maybe that goal differential gives them a few more points in the standings. I don't think it makes a huge. Di- I don't think it makes as big of a difference as he might think. That's my gut feeling. I think that's fair. I, I think that's fair. Um, all right. Uh, moving down the mailbag. By the way, go to Jasper's. Parking is free. All the food is amazing. And please don't put your drinks on the air hockey table. Um, all right. Father Fanboy. Who do you see as the most promising up-and-comers from Milwaukee? Are there any surprises? Okay. Well, I do think that the um, the signing of, of Yaroslav Askarov is big. Um, now, I don't expect Askarov to, to make an NHL impact next season, but the fact that he is now under contract and the fact that he is in the organization, I think, is a good thing. He, he, um, doesn't, he doesn't particularly solve a problem on the team, though. No, he does not. Um, so if we're looking at if we're looking at players, we're looking at players. Um, so so, so right Zach now. LaRue is the number one prospect largely in the system, right? But he's not in Milwaukee, right? But he's not in Milwaukee. He had he had 22 goals, 34 but, assists, 56 but Luke points. Evangelista is in Milwaukee, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he is. So, and he had he had 111 uh, points. <laughs> Right. So, you know, I think Evangelista is a popular one. You know, what's really funny, he's an old, I think he's an older up and comer, I guess you could say, if that's not an oxymoron. You know, Tommy Novak got some run with the Predators at the beginning of the season. And there are a couple of people who point out to me that the Predators were 19 and eight when Novak was in the lineup. My response was the Grizzlies were 20 and five when John Morant didn't play. Does that make them a better team? No. So just because Tommy Novak had a good winning percentage doesn't mean shit. But I do think Novak is a solid player. Um, he, he, still- he, scored, he scored 34 points in 42 games, most of that assists. So 0.81 points per game in Milwaukee this year. In the Uso, Uso Parsonen, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, recently joined the, the Admirals for the playoffs. You know, maybe he's a, a surprise, but, um, you know, you know, to me, I, I really look at I really look at Evangelista. I'm curious. To, I mean, I wonder if they take the same approach uh, with him that they took with Tomasino, um, where Tomasino uh, spent the entire uh, 56 game abbreviated NHL season in the American League. Um, he did get some run on the taxi squad. There are no taxi squads anymore. Um, but I would not be surprised if Evangelista basically spent all of next season in Milwaukee, similar to Igor Afanasiev, who may be ready to to challenge for a spot in Nashville. So, and I would say, I would say, um, I mean, they're going to ask Cody Glass to play a bigger role next year, right? I, I mean, I would say Evangelista. I guess you could throw Cody Glass in there, maybe Afanasiev, as guys who could, you know, I, I, Glass David, and Afanasiev are the guys that I look at who could make impacts at forward. Uh, David Ference is also considered a top six or seven prospect overall, regardless of position. He obviously played for Milwaukee last year. The the two names that sort of don't really count are Svechkov, the center who plays in, in, in the KHL in Russia, right? For St. Petersburg, he's Mm -hmm. 18 years old. He's one of their top prospects. And then of course you've got um, uh, LaRue who is uh, again, playing at, what is that? The OHL? I'm not sure exactly. Or the QHL. I I, I am not going to pretend to be, an expert on that, the QMJHL. He's, in junior, He's right. in junior hockey. He's a junior hockey. Um, so th- there are some he plays in the Quebec league. 
He plays in the Quebec League. Yes, the QMJHL, as they say. Um, There are some guys to be excited about. A couple of them. Just kidding. <laughs> right. A couple of them are a little too far off. Svechkov and LaRue are are much younger and they're sort of next wave guys. I think the the very next group of people is Evangelista, Glass, I think Novak. If you want to put Luke Prokop in there, maybe, he, you know, yeah. maybe. But but really it's it, it's Afanasiev, um, it's Evangelista, it's Glass, those three, and then you probably mix in David Ferentz, right? So that's yeah. that's your group. And then you want to keep an eye on that wave behind them that are coming in to then hopefully get to Milwaukee by next season so that by the end of next season, we're talking about them as the next wave the following year, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's sort of where you want to be there. So, I, I yeah, I mean, uh, listen, 111 points in 62 games is pretty insane for Evangelista. So there is something to be said about that. Um, now, almost all of that, I believe almost every one of that was in the OHL, I believe. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Herndon. Uh, which what NHL team would you rather be over the past decade? I'm assuming than the Nashville Predators, taking into account regular season record, playoff appearances, individual performances. Uh, I'm assuming like awards as well, since you've got Vesnas and Norris trophies that have taken place in, in for the Nashville Predators. I suspect there wouldn't be more than a handful. Handful. <laughs> I suspect there wouldn't be more than a handful of teams ranked higher than the Predators. Um, okay, the question I have is how much is a handful? Like, what are we talking about? Five, yeah. six? I think to me, a handful is like five. Okay. I, so think, let's it's, I think it's more than that. I would like to say, who asked this question? Uh, this was Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon, I want to give Chris the award for best question. I thought Ooh, this was the okay. most interesting question that we received. And I believe he wanted to ask me this. Um, I think he tweeted about me. He tweeted me about this for maybe a mailbag or something, and I wasn't able to get to it. So I'm glad that we're able to get to it now. So I have sorted the entire league from between 2011-12 and this season by regular season record. So 2011-12 through now, and I am going to sort them by points percentage because not every team has played the same. Every team has played a different amount of games. So here's the question. The, do we include the Golden Knights in this? Because the Golden Knights have not been around for the entire decade. Yeah, I, or do I, would include, I would include every team in the NHL. Who would you rather be, the National Predators okay. or who? Okay, Who's had a better so, decade than the Predators, who, by the way, have made the playoffs eight times, went to the Stanley Cup final once, have won, won multiple individual vote. awards, and a President's Trophy in two divisions. So there you okay, go. Okay, so, so these are the teams that have a better points percentage than the Predators over the past decade. The Pittsburgh Penguins at 644. The Boston Bruins at 641. The Washington Capitals at 636. The St. Louis Blues at 634. The Tampa Bay Lightning at 628. The Vegas Golden Knights, caveat, they haven't been in the league for a decade, at 622. And then the Predators at 593. Directly underneath them, the Rangers at 591. The Wild at 589. And the Blackhawks at 575. Give me the order again. Pittsburgh 1. Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Vegas, Nashville, New York Rangers, Minnesota, Chicago. So Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington, St. Louis, and Tampa all have had better winning percentages and all have won a championship. So that that right there. Those five immediately. Immediately those five. Yeah. Chicago Blackhawks. How many cups? In that span, two. Because the first one came before that decade, before the past decade. Kings, how many cups? Two. In that same span, right? Yes. All right. 
So that right there, I would take seven. There's seven that, right there that, I would take. At least now seven. Now, Vegas, Vegas has been to a Stanley Cup final. They went in their first year. And they've they've made a point of a quiet. They've thrown a lot of assets and a lot of money at some high quality players. No, I would not. Uh, I would not rather have had. I I do not count back. No, I'd rather be the Nashville Predators. You'd rather be the Predators than the Golden Knights. Yeah, because you get a decade and you get some individual awards. You get some. There's just there's just more trips to the playoffs, more series won. You know that kind of stuff. More games, more high level games you're playing. It's just it's that's just a quantity thing at that point. Here's an interesting one, and I'd have to go back and look at. I would. Here's an interesting one. I would have to go back and look um, at their record, like their accomplishments, their specific accomplishments over the past decade. San Jose. Ooh. Because they've been to the cup what twice? They went to the cup once. They they, they lost they Pittsburgh lost. the year before they they the Predators lost to the Penguins. Man. They had so, some really good teams too, with some really high end talent. So here are the pre- th- these are the this is the the uh, the league the league finish over the past decade between eleven twelve and twenty one twenty two for the for the uh, Sharks twelfth eleventh fifth twenty second eleventh 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 sixth twenty ninth twenty sixth twenty second. So yeah, lately they've been bad. No, I would but, take natural. I would take natural. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, think it is number, the, I think the number is seven right now. Okay, so let's let's see. We have Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Yeah, and I feel like man, like if if like Edmonton or Toronto, like these teams that have like otherworldly talent that are so much fun to watch that are setting records, Austin Matthews doing things we've never seen before, like they both have nothing to show for it. Although Edmonton has, you know, got a chance this year. I, man, that's, I, I mean, think, what, what I is think, Toronto, what is Toronto not done that the Predators have done? And that is like, other than the they one, they haven't playoff. made it to a Stanley Cup final. Yeah. The one playoff, uh, they have not, it, right? They have not won a playoff round under Austin Matthews or with Austin but, but, Matthews. But they've got, my point is they've got division titles, they've got scoring records, they've got, some individual awards, right? Like they've got some of the same things. I think more about team success than individual success. I I agree. So so to me, I think to answer Chris's question, there are seven teams over the past decade that I would take over the Predators. Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Chicago, and and Los Angeles. Well, and doesn't that raise an interesting question about the job David Poyle has done, which is it's been very, very good, but not good enough. Yeah, I would say about, I would say so. I mean, if, if, if you're the eighth or ninth best franchise in a professional sport for a decade, that's pretty damn good. You competed for a championship once. You won a couple divisions. You won some individual awards. You're, you have one of the winningest records in the league. You go to the playoffs eight straight years. There's a lot to like about that when you step back from where we feel and where we sit this particular offseason. Wish you would step back from that ledge, <laughs> my friend. That's a great question, Chris. I like that question. I th- I would say at least job, seven. I, I would say at least seven. Maybe there's someone we're we're missing here. I don't I don't know. But what's but, interesting is like in terms of points percentage, the Kings were like 18th over the past decade because they've been bad recently. Um, they I mean look, they gave Edmonton a hell of a series in the first round, but they went yeah. they went without making the playoffs for several years. But that's the price you. What pay about for Dallas? Well, they made it to a Stanley Cup final 
you know, they did have an Art Ross Trophy winner in there and Jamie Benn. Um, I don't know. Dallas, Dallas is blah. I think the Predators have more than okay. more accomplishments sure. than Dallas. Carolina, yeah, I mean, Anaheim, Anaheim is a team that they didn't make the Cup final, but they had really good teams for a long period of time. They're always in the mix, you know. But you know, the Predators they, actually made it to a Cup final. Anaheim hasn't. What year did they win the Cup, though? Was they that won way the before? Cup in like two thousand six. Okay, it was way before. Okay, like, yeah, that's like what I thought. Were, the Anaheim Ducks have won the Stanley Cup. Let's see. The uh, Ducks history. Was that John Gibson? Was that, was that right? No. Whoa, whoa. That, they won one Stanley Cup in 2006-07. Okay, that was a long time. That ago. was like the beginning of Getzloff and Perry. But that was like but Scott. Had a long, but they had a long track record of pretty good teams making deep runs, though. Like I felt like they oh, were yeah. almost always around. Okay, so like if we're looking at 11-12. So the first year, that 11-12 is when... Uh, that was the season that Bruce Boudreau took over. They they fired Randy Carlisle. They hired Bruce Boudreau. They did not make the playoffs that first year, but then they went to the quarterfinals, the conference quarterfinals, second round, conference finals, first round, conference finals, first round. And that's, they haven't made the playoffs in the past three years. Yeah, 07 to 17 would be really interesting for the Ducks because that would be a, ch- a Stanley Cup championship and, th- what, three trips to the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, something like that. But that would not include like that the garbage last four years for that franchise. So yeah, yeah, where the Preds have made the playoffs all four years and lost a series each and every time. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, we're moving along here. Go to Jasper's, by the way, everybody. This mailbag brought to you by the wonderful, amazing folks at Jasper's. Um, okay, uh, Boyd asks on Twitter: Based on where the Predators' roster is, would you consider trading the twenty twenty two? first round pick if it meant getting back an elite talent at forward say patrick line context not assuming it's one for one but a major piece of the trade now i would argue specifically line does give them the thing that they need i'm not sure he's the one i want if that's a fair response to that you know what's interesting is that the predators are not are not into the idea of going through a rebuild so line a is an interesting name because he crosses off two things. One, he's younger, and the Predators are trying to get younger. He's 24. And two... He's only 24? Yes, he's 24. Oh, my God. And it will allow them to stay competitive. So would I would I trade, would I trade the first-round pick this year for an early 20-something established player that could help in the top six? Yes, well, but isn't, I would. Isn't Line A... He's a restricted free agent this year, so you're just right. trading for his negotiating rights at this point. Right, but it's different than if you're trading for like an unrestricted free agent's negotiating rights because he's under team control. All right, so what? So how would that work? Let's 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 go down the road here with Line A. You're saying that they they would have to sort of like the Kyle Turris thing, right? Where there'd be an agreed upon sort of contract. Ex- yeah, like- I think that for me to be comfortable doing that, I would have I w- if I were David Poyle, I would say I would do it. If it is contingent on Line A agreeing to this contract yes. with us, now here's a question: Can you do Forsberg and a player like Line A at the same time? Do you have enough space for that? Well, let's say Forsberg. Let's say Forsberg's at nine, so that leaves you with about like fifteen, sixteen. Let's say sixteen million in space. You could probably fit Line A in there, but it's going to be tight for the other. It might, that might leave you with like five or six million. To, to fill in the edges, which means you might have to rely on a lot of entry level guys, which would be fine. Or a bunch of or a bunch of Tommy Novaks. <laughs> or but yeah, yeah. 
who's I think a base like a league minimum slash entry level right. guy. So could you do it? Yes, but it would be tight for everything else. And you'd have to then have an acquisition cost as well, which is giving up a first round pick, which essentially means you're all in on the next three years to win a championship, right? I mean, I that- think that the Predators should seriously consider, this is not Boyd's question, but I think they should seriously consider offer sheets this year. Um, because to me, I would rather throw my, well, here's, here's the, the problem with an offer sheet is that it requires draft capital and it's a, it's a scale based on the cap hit. So, you know, for a certain threshold, it's a first round pick or it's a first and a third or a first, second and third or whatever. So you might have to give up two or three draft picks. Um, but I would rather throw money at Patrick Line, who's 24 than Claude Giroux, who's 34. Uh, totally agree. So I, I don't know if Line A fits with this John Hines personality, though, right? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, who's another interesting name. But a guy who's going to score a bunch of goals at 24 years old sounds pretty good to me. You know, who's a rather interesting name? Brock Besser. I mean, I don't know if Brock I Besser like him. is I like long him. for Vancouver, um, but he's another interesting name. So Patrick Line, yes, Patrick Line is 24. He just turned 24. He's not an old 24. He's a young 24. He turned 24 in April. Here's Patrick Line by goals by season. 36, 44, 30, 28, 12, 26. Wow. Hmm. And he's gigantic. <laughs> he is gigantic. I, I like Besser because of how he plays, like the physicality. Yeah, I, I think Besser, I, I don't, I would have to go read my colleagues in Vancouver, but, you know, Besser might not stay in Vancouver. Yeah, that's you know, interesting like, I, You know, I would, I would throw money at him too. All right, here we go. Uh, moving along. I do think it's fascinating uh, that they've got some space here. Thomas Hobbs says, which top six UFA forward should the Predators aim for this season? Uh, if the teams decide that makes a push, we just sort of talked about that. Hopefully someone that can be a 25, 30 goal, 70 point second line winger. I think the most important part there, and Thomas, I should have baked your question into Boyd's question, but I think the, the key is second line winger here, right? Like Luke Cunning didn't do it. You're still just sitting and waiting for Tolvin in. You're, you're still waiting on Tomasino. You may not have time to wait on those guys. And if you lose Forsberg, then you're desperately in need of somebody. So if you lose Forsberg, I think the answer is absolutely you go get one of those big names uh, or at least try to find somebody. And again, I'm with you on the age. So sort of the same question, Adam. I don't know if you have a different answer, but I think uh, if you've you got know, a, a, lot a of different people, list of UFAs. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I've seen a lot of people say that the Predators shouldn't try to go after Johnny Goudreau if Philip Forsberg leaves. You know, we talked about whether or not Patrick Line would fit in the John Hines, you know, system um in terms of how he likes to play the game johnny goudreau is tiny that doesn't mean that he's yeah not good, but you know that that the, the, that was my first thought too <laughs> so it's like so these are the top you these oh, this, these are ufas and rfas so let me find let me find this is on cap friendly i just i just sorted by forward so while, while you're doing this i'll include joe from nashville who's an avid listener we love you joe uh when forsberg leaves how will they reallocate that money and that they would have that they would have spent on Forsberg? So that ties into this question as well. Okay, so these are the top forwards sorted by most recent cap hit that are unrestricted free agents. Evgeny Malkin, thirty-five, according mm, to eh, this. No, no thanks. Claude Giroux, thirty-four. Mm. Phil Kessel, thirty-four. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, who's not either retiring; he's either retiring or going back to Boston. Johnny Goudreau, twenty-eight. Alex Radulov. 35, Louis Erickson, 36, Philip Forsberg, 27, Dustin Brown, retiring, Max Domi, 27, 
Andre Palat, 31. Now we're, there's some interesting names lower down. Nino Niederreiter, 29. I like, I like that one. Riley Smith, 31. Andre Burakovsky, 27. Vincent Trocek, 28. So are we talking like, more in the like five to six million dollar range now? Is that what we're saying? So like instead like, of that eight to nine? Yeah, well, like Trocek this year is making four point seven five, Burakovsky four point nine, Niederreiter five point two five, Domi five point three. So you're probably looking at like between six and seven for a guy like that. So could you bring back I guess here's the thing. If you don't bring back Forsberg, you might be able to get two of those lower tier younger guys in that six, seven range. If you do bring Forsberg back at nine, then you're probably talking about one of those guys in that lower range, potentially. Yes. Like, could you do Forsberg and Niederreiter, for example? Yes. And Niederreiter would not, like we just talked about, could they fit line A and Forsberg? Niederreiter is not making as much as line A. I, I think that would make that te- this team better. Niederreiter had 24 goals and 44 points in 75 games for the Hurricanes this year. Uh, you put him next to Johansson with what Tomasino? He's pretty fast too, if I recall. Correctly. I that's not that's not. I don't hate that dude. And he pissed off a that. lot of the, like it was like he was like public enemy number one with Eric Kala. Well, Eric Kala was public enemy number one for the Hurricanes fans in that playoff series, but Niederreiter was like Niederreiter's a, like I say this I say this respect respect respectfully. Niederreiter is a kind of a prick, but I, I but I dig that you know. <laughs> You That's meant to be a compliment, you do. not an intro. <laughs> oh, you do. No, I, I like that. I like the Niederreiter, Johansson, Niederreiter, Niederreiter, Johansson, Tomasino with Niederreiter Forsberg, with Forsberg back which, on the top line. I, I don't, I don't, with the, with the herd line back. He shoots left. He shoots left. I don't know if he's, you know, I don't know if he plays on his offhand or not, but. Okay. That's fair. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask this question. I'm not going to ask for an answer because I have no clue what this means. Liberty cabbage, yeah. which power would you rather have? You can change the color of anything by pointing at it or summon a choir of 83 men. I, I don't know what this means. If the joke is on us, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, my, like, you know, oftentimes they do this a lot. Um, like in like media guides and shit of like, what's what like for players would be like, what would be your superpower? And they often say, I would fly or I, I don't know, or talk to animals or whatever weird shit. My my superpower would always be that I would want to be fluent in every language on Earth. Ooh, that's that not a be... superpower. You could just do that. Yeah. You, good luck. No. I, every I, language I, on Earth? No, no. Okay. In flying, invisibility, or superhuman strength? Which three? Which of the three? Uh, probably Pretty good. flying. Probably flying would flying. flying would be amazing. I don't know, yeah, I mean, look, I like there are some like weird. A- I'm gonna say weird ass because that would be uh, that would be. Uh, Can you imagine getting out of Nissan Stadium if you could fly? That'd be so awesome. <laughs> I was thinking more about going to a soccer game with that. I was gonna say getting out of Jodas Park would be great if you could just fly home. Uh, I think in, that having invisibility, the invisibility to speak every language fluently in the, in the world would be a superpower. I, I guess there are like a bazillion different dialects of like just Chinese. So exactly. Mandarin, I should say my, Mandarin Chinese, is not, a, not really a language. Right. Um, I don't understand what the choir of 83 men is. If somebody wants to explain that to us, that's fine. Is I that like Googled, 200 hockey men? I don't know. I even Googled it and it was like, there's a group of men that are 83 years old that have been saying, I'm like, I don't think this is what he meant. Sounds but like anyway, one of those like feel good stories that you hear on, uh, on the today show. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, These 83 men who are all 83 have been singing <laughs> at this nursing home for 20 years. For 83 years. Uh, all right. A uh, couple more here. Two more and we'll wrap it up. They were uh, this, born there. This dovetails into our previous conversation. Uh, Tommy Thompson, Nazem Kadri, would you? <laughs> Ooh, well, uh, well, first of all, I want to say that Kadri, Kadri does not deserve the shit that he's been getting. I really like the fact that he scored a hat trick the other night and basically told everyone to go fuck themselves. I yeah. I like the player. I have no problem with him on the team. I think he fits in with what they would yes. want to do. Yes. And as long as he doesn't, you know, I think he's done a good job this off this postseason. Um, of you know, obviously he hasn't been suspended yet. You you want to um, give this team you want to give this team an edge that they don't have to like steal people's souls. That's the guy right there. And oh by the way, can score some points. Yeah, no, he's been a a, a perfect fit in Colorado. That was a really savvy trade. What would he cost? Um, what's I don't know what's his current. Uh, let's look at evolving hockey. Let's see what evolving hockey has to say. Um, because they have excellent contract projections. Um, but yeah, Kadri, I think on paper is basically the, the kind of player that I feel like would, can he play the wing? Like, where does he play? That's the other Uh, question. He's a center, I think. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Can he play on the Kadri is expected to get a seven year deal with a cap hit of around eight and a half million on the open market. No way. No way. He's 31 years old. No way. We don't need another one of those. We already have two centers for $8 million. Yes. So I, but but I do, if you could get him for, if you can get him for like three years. And he could, uh, yeah, probably not. I do like his. I, that's the kind of player, though. I I would be looking for if I was yeah. if I was the Predators. Uh, all right, uh, Trevor Patterson. Why haven't they used their excess cap space over the last couple of seasons to take on short term bad contracts or help broker other deals to get more draft capital? Seems like the easiest tool they have without selling players to help build the farm system. You, I think, didn't you specifically ask David Poyle this question? I asked him if he'd be willing to use cap space to take on an undesirable contract or contracts in exchange for future assets, and he said no. Yeah, there you go, Trevor. Not into it. There you go. Um, now I'm looking to see where I'm looking at. I'm trying to look for Kadri's. I'm, I'm looking for the Avalanche's lines because I want to know where Kadri plays right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I you know they they haven't they haven't they're not willing to do that. They've never retained salary. They've never helped yeah. broker a trade. You know, the team appears they Kadri, okay, Kadri in the in the uh Avalanche's most recent playoff game started at second line center in between Valerie Nichushkin and Miko Rantanen. I the, I think the money and the age is too expensive for a guy who's been suspended like fifteen times in the playoffs. <laughs> I do right. like his um, game though. Yeah. And that's maybe like that's why I like Besser maybe a little bit, because Besser's got a little bit of that sort of like edge to his game. He's a real physical player. Um, can score a little bit. I line, maybe line A is the guy that you could afford and play on the wing next to Johansson. But really, right. this and is like, the, what, what we're, look, get, what we're getting at, Adam. Hang on. What, what we're getting at, Adam, is that the really the only way that the Nashville Predators, if they should they resign Philip Forsberg, take a step forward is with all the young players developing, UC Saro staying healthy, and then adding a winger to the second line for some cost. And and that's it. And that's all they've got. And that is where we're at heading into the offseason from a strategy standpoint, right? Yes. All right. There you have it, folks. <laughs> uh, go to Jasper's, of course. Make sure you fill out the survey at The Athletic because um, the answers will be closed. The, the, the survey will be closed on Friday at noon. So make sure you go answer that. All those questions, all that analysis, it'll be written up on the, on the web next week by Adam 
at The Athletic, but also we'll have a big deep dive podcast about it next week. All of your comments and questions and responses to that survey to where this Preds team is, what the plan is for the offseason. We'll continue to dive into that. We really love your support and appreciate all the engagement with the mailbag. We love you guys for it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Go to Jasper's, of course. There's an S at the end. And don't put your drinks on the air hockey table, please. And if you see someone that does, go up and say something to them. Maybe be polite about it, be kind about it. But go ahead and go ahead and get them to fix their behavior. I'm okay with that. Adam, you can follow him at Adam Ingen on the Twitters, at The Athletic. You can follow me at Braden Gall. Adam, anything else? Anything else for the good people out there? Um, not really. Is UC Saros exempt from the expansion draft? Who asked me that question? It doesn't matter. I just did. Taylor. I think his name was. Taylor's on my shit list. He's a wonderful man. We love you, Taylor. We love all you of you guys Taylor? for supporting you us. Know him personally? No, but we love all. How do you know that? I do. I've met a lot of these guys uh, personally. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. We we really do appreciate it. Uh, I think I've seen Taylor at some Preds games before. So um, all you guys, great. Love having you. Thank you for supporting us. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for listening. Go to Jasper's and take care of that air hockey table. For Adam, I'm Braden. Thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you guys again next week.